AMC, same exact thing. Nice rip, huge drop. It's very difficult to nail again that one play out of 8,000. It's very easy to nail the one play that everyone's already looking at where we know that the majority of people are going to end up buying at the top, which gets dumped on. It is impossible to anticipate where the two monsters which suddenly appeared in the atomic area will attack next. If your power goes out, remain calm. Oh my God! One, we gone. Hello, everyone. Welcome to episode 32 of the First Hit Podcast. Today, we have a returning guest. We have on Sean Deckmar. Sean was our first ever guest on the First Hit Podcast, and we got him back 30 weeks later. Sean is a day trader. Sean streams on tradecaster.com. He is the founder of Deckmar Trades. And today, we're going to talk about a couple of things. We're going to touch on the state of the market, what has changed in the last 30 weeks since the last time we had Deck on. It's always good to get some stock insight what's going on. We're going to talk about a boot camp he hosted. He hosted an online trading boot camp where he taught people the ins and outs of what he does. And we're also going to touch on Deck has been dabbling in content creation a little bit, and we're going to see how that's been working for him because that's what we're trying to do here at First Sip. And that's what we're talking to people about. And as always, Deck, thanks for having me on, man. Hey, thank you guys for reaching out to me. Albert Dikembe, always a pleasure. And, uh, Happy to see your success over again, first sip again, all the way to 30 plus episodes. So dude, I love the grind. Honestly, the thing is whenever I see anyone putting in that work, it's just gets me fired up, gets me motivated. Here we go, man. That's it. Welcome back. That's why we have you back. Welcome, Welcome back. back. You see, I'm, I'm ready to go. I'm sipping my pre-workout again. Oh, are you? What do you got? The ghost again? Ghost gamer. Always plug. Just in case they're willing to send out some sponsorships or free samples. Dude, we got a message. I'm just saying, you know, always. You always drink their stuff. Uh, that's, listen. I'm, I'm a walking billboard. I'm going to use the first hit. I'm a walking billboard. Okay. Here we go. We're going to set it up. Deck, Albert, what you? Albert, hold, hold up. What you sipping on? Don't try to curve out of here. A Pepsi Max Mango. <laughs> it's delicious. Man, Stop that guy. I was waiting for that one. <laughs> Pepsi Max Mango. It is delicious. Ooh. I didn't even know they made that a flavor. Listen, you and I, wait, listen, I know people are going to love set that. That is something. You are something else. You know that? Deck, how about you, man? What are you sipping on? Right now, Sipping on a purified drinking water, a little bit of a cheap stuff. I'd rather have a little bit of a Fiji, drink a little bit of higher class, but sometimes I like to kind of go back to the bottom to know where I started. Yes. You know? you know, that reminds me, did I tell the story about when I was coming back to, from the airport and I had to buy some water there? No. Cause I told you I would never do it. You did it. I did it. I spent like $10 on a water bottle and it was mm -hmm. delicious. It's a big bottle. Oh, yeah. Fiji? It was the, uh, yeah, it was the Fiji. And I was like, this better taste great. And it did. Didn't oh, you know, it I sat there and just read the bottle like three times. I'm like, I don't see what's so special about this water, but it tastes fantastic. Yeah, it, uh, it tastes better. I don't care. It's straight so. from the Fiji Springs. Yeah. Hand paddled over the Pacific to California. Then again, rode by bike over to Pennsylvania. Has anybody seen these springs? What? No, of course not. They're in Fiji. It's hand paddled. Can't get there. Where, where, where like is Fiji? Uh, I have no idea. It's off the coast of uh, Tasmania. Don't even answer. <laughs> no, what's not like, true? You see, he said, he said that with such confidence. He really I'm, did. I, I believe it. I'm not even going to check. It. Yeah, well, we, well he's. Well, he's I'm going to repeat that now. I'm going to look it up. When somebody asks me in the future, I'm going to be like, oh, yeah, it's right off the coast of, of Tasmania. It's about 200 miles east of New Zealand. Okay. Pacific. Well, you know what? Right. Here we go. He's right. I'm looking at it right now. He's right. Insane. You see him already I'm dropping knowledge. This is why we brought him back. He probably wants to go. This is why we brought him back. That's exactly right. He's just dropping gems already. We didn't even get into his industry yet. <laughs> yeah, <that's right. laughs> I love it. Dude, speaking about dropping gems, man, why don't you tell us what's going on, what you've seen 
what changes are happening in the market? What's the, what's the new moves? So like right now, the market personally, it's incredible to see where the market is currently at because right now, since COVID-19 really hit all the way since last, last March, it has just been on a nonstop climb. We have been gaining and gaining and gaining and gaining. And it's actually one of the best spikes that we have seen since 2017. So this is where I start thinking as an investor and I'm saying to myself, okay, since 2017, this is actually the best kind of spurt we've been able to see. The market in 2021 has been able to climb roughly around 17% in the past seven months. Now, usually a normal month, uh, or a normal year is going to be anywhere between a 10 to 12% return. So you're telling me right now we're 17% return plus on the SPY, which is the best, as I said, since 2017. And we have everything going on with unemployment. We have low job raises. We have um, housing markets still increasing. We have inflation going on. We have tension over in Afghanistan. And still the SPY, it continues to climb on up. And I'm honestly just waiting for that pullback, waiting for that drop. And it is surprising to see that even with any sort of negative news, I wake up day after day, week after week, and we are consistently breaking record highs. So every single week we're hitting new record highs and I'm just holding my money waiting for that pullback because so many people see new record highs. And as a new trader, as maybe someone who's looking from the outside in, you see a new record high, what do you want to do? You want to buy into it because you see, oh, wow, stock market's hitting new record highs. I want to buy in. This is a great time. Does that really make any sense? And that's the biggest thing traders and new investors need to understand that Honestly, everything is opposite in the stock market that you actually believe. So what I always say is too many people rely on their visuals. Seeing is believing. So imagine if you have a financial advisor, right? A financial advisor, he walks up to you and he says, hey, I have a great stock for you. It's been moving on up day after day, week after week, but it's extremely overbought. This is going to be coming, crashing on down any moment. Would that be a play that you want to get involved in? You want to say no, because with every single stock that goes on a big time spike, you have to be ready for that pullback, ready for that drop. But so many new traders, we wait until we see the spike, then we buy in, but that's really the absolute top as that's when the play actually comes back on down. The time to actually get in on plays is when everyone else says it's not a good play because that's Mm -hmm. when it's the bargain price. So uh, the big thing, the big statistic that I always like to tell our members is, do you know when the most millionaires are made in the stock market? During a recession, during any sort of recession, depression, pandemic, any sort of pullback correction, that's when the majority of millionaires are actually made. Seeing, hey, we have brand new record highs in the stock market, Guess what people are doing? They're loading up at the top, ending up taking losses. The reason why people lose in Bitcoin, the people why uh, why they lost in G- a GameStop, the reason why people lost in AMC, the reason why people lose in the stock market is we focus too much on our visual sense and we say to ourselves, hey, you know what? I see a big spike. I see a big run. I see a big climb. Now's the time I want to get in because I can see that it's moving on up when really that's way too late. So personally, I am watching the SPY every single day waiting for a little bit of an overextended move, which is that little uptick that is just way too high. And that's where a lot of people say, hey, we're still going up to record highs. That's usually the moment we're going to start dropping back on down. Mm. It's a very simple and very easy formula. I'm going to throw out to you right now. If you want to make as much money as you possibly can in the safest way in the stock market, this is all you got to do. Over the past 150 years in the stock market, we have had multiple corrections, depressions, recessions, everything along those lines. Over the past 150 years, the average pullback after one of these you know, recessions, so on and so forth, is 34%. You can even go back towards, again, the 2020 pandemic. It fell exactly 30 
34% before we were able to see over 100% return, get back up towards new record highs, so on and so forth. So next time we have, let's say, a big correction and you see everyone running for their lives, taking money out of the stock market, the very simple, easy thing to do, hold your money, wait until we get to 30%, put money in on it. You get to 35%, put more money in it. You go If it drops all the way down to 40%, put the rest of your money in on it. Because over the past 150 years, every single time we've had any sort of pullback, that's been the bottom. Sure, have we fell, fallen to 50? Absolutely. Have we fallen to only 25? Absolutely. But if you just get in on the SPY or on one of these plays at 34%, statistically speaking, you are going to make money every single time. Because there's never been a pullback, there's never been a drop the stock market has not recovered from. So if you are saving up in the stock market right now and you're saying, I want to invest, but I don't know how to day trade, I don't know how to do this or that, don't get in on the SPY right now. It's not a good decision by any sort of means. There will be a pullback. Wait for a 34% drop. Start investing at 30%. Unload probably at like 40, 45% if it ever got that low. And then on top of that, just sit back and collect because over history, that's what it's shown us for over a century now. See, I, think, I think a lot of people need to hear that. And I'm happy you said that. Um, a couple of points there. One, you, I'm happy you broke down where to buy in because we talk a lot about people here buy the dip. And then you ask people, okay, what does that mean? What right. percentage yeah. of the dip are you looking to buy into? You know, what price point are you looking to get into? And they have no idea what you're talking about. They're just like, oh, well, yeah. it's down 5% today. So I'm going to buy in. Did you just wake up and come up with that idea? <laughs> you know what yeah. I mean? Or did you do any prior research even into the company that you're about to buy into? Another point you raised was most millionaires are made during a recession. Um, you know, from my perspective, looking at the last recession that we had, the 2008 uh, crash, most millionaires in the real estate industry, a lot of those people bought houses within the next four years after that because everything was crashing. But if they were ready and had the capital, they were buying up everything that made sense. And once again, it had to make sense though, right? They weren't just rushing in and saying, oh, this house is, is there. So I'm going to go ahead and throw as much money on it. And then I'll bid against whoever is also bidding on it, right? You yeah. have to make sure that you're going into these things with a strategy. And I think that's one thing that anybody who sits there and watches you on a weekly basis, on a daily basis, will be able to take away. It's like everything he goes into, the way he's breaking down and showing this and sharing the information, you see the strategy there, you know, and you're not afraid to share that information because it's like, hey, go out and do it, but be smart about it. Yeah. Most people who go that's into it aren't going to be smart about it, mm-hmm. unfortunately. Yeah. That- that's the main thing. You know, so many people get into investing, which I love. I, I have no problem sharing absolutely everything I know, absolutely every single secret I know, because at the end of the day, stock trading is all about volume and people knowing the right way to trade. Yeah. The statistic is 80% of stock traders lose, 20% of people are successful. How do you get into that 20%? You need to outwork that 80%. Mm-hmm. You know, and the, the thing that a lot of traders always misunderstand is we are always waiting for that spike to happen, for us to buy that spike. And once the spike already happens, it's too late to get into it. So people say, okay, so I can't wait for the spike to happen. How do I figure out how to get in before the spike? And that's where a lot of the practice comes through. It comes through, you know, putting in the work and putting in the discipline, putting in uh, the hours of actually, you know, learning how the stock market does work. And so many people aren't willing to do that. They just, as we talked about before, just text in their group chat and say, hey, is this stock going up? Is this stock going up? Oh, I see this one's up 200%. The time that most new traders find plays is after they've already gone on the spike. And that's why everyone ends up losing because they keep buying at the top. Mm. So, so question for you. I've seen that I've recently you've pivoted right from your, from your style, obviously, because I'm an avid follower. I pay attention. And mm-hmm. the last time you came on, you were like, yo guys, Finviz. 
watch the top earners. And I've been doing that. And it's crazy, man. When you look at the day before the same day, they do rocket off at 930. Typically, I've been this like the top three that you said. <clears throat> but you've been playing the short game now lately. So why did you pivot to the short game? And have like, how are you like in that world? And if you could explain real briefly what an actual short is to the public. Yeah. So personally, I am more short biased. And that means when I get involved in a trade, I am basically betting that that stock is going to fall down. So a very simple and easy way to be able to understand this is I'm going to be trading micro caps. And these micro caps are anything from $20 and below per share. Some of them are $5, some of them are $2, some of them are $10 or so. They're, they're not Tesla. They're now not for people, these big companies. Oh, sorry to cut you off. People who don't nope. know, micro caps, can you define that for us? Yeah, just anything that's a blue chip would be like Tesla, Apple, Microsoft, so on and so forth. When we're talking about microcaps, it's a fancy word for penny stocks, essentially. Penny stock is really anything that's $5 and below. But when I say microcaps, I'm you know giving a little bit of wiggle room, maybe $10, $11, so on and so forth. So the funny other statistic, and I always kind of think about these things to make it as easy to understand, is the majority of businesses, if someone opens up a t-shirt shop in a strip mall or someone opens up any sort of business, just like stock trading, businesses tend to fail. It's about every single or 80% of businesses fail within their first two years. And it's funny that 80% of stock traders fail within their first few years. So when we think about it and we see that these companies that are these micro cap companies, we are not just playing a stock. We have to understand that we're also playing a business. So if the majority of these stocks are going to fail over the time, and uh, we just use the stat that eight out of 10 are going to fail over time, wouldn't it be a smarter idea to actually short that play? Because the odds are I have an eight out of 10 chance of winning over time than if I wanted to go ahead and short these micro cap plays. These, a lot of these stocks that we get involved in aren't going to be the next Tesla. And and that's why it's so funny when people come up to me and they ask me, oh, you, you know, you day trade, you stock trade. And they say, hey, give me a good stock. You know, what's a great stock to get involved in? And I say, uh, you know, I really can't tell you, you know, and they say, what do you mean? Yeah. And I say, well, it's, it's different every single day. And they say, so you're a stock trader and you can't, you know, tell me one ticker. That's good. And I'm like, it's just, it's just different every single day. So I can imagine, you know, they walk away and they're just like, yeah, this guy he doesn't, doesn't know any stocks. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Because the thing is, I personally don't care about these companies whatsoever at all. I trade them for one to two days and they're off my radar. Mm -hmm. I do not care about these companies for the long term unless I'm just holding on to a, let's say, a long term short where a lot of them are just going to end up failing. So the thing that I do and my strategy that I look for every single day is we have 8,000 active plays on the stock market. Throughout the New York Stock Exchange and the NASDAQ, there's over 8,000 plays. Do you know what's very difficult to do? It's very difficult to find one play out of the 8,000 that is going to go on a big spike. It's very tough to find a breakout. It's very tough to find the next meme stock, the next AMC, the next GME, right? These very popular ones. That's very difficult. Do you know what's not difficult? To see AMC go all the way up and know now out of that 8,000, well, that's the top gainer. Guess what's going to happen to that one? Well, now it's overbought. Now it's going to become a great drop, right? You know, the thing is, I could name every single spike, every single microcap spike. There has never been one that just keeps spiking and keeps going on up. At some point, every single one drops. And the higher it goes, the harder it drops. GameStop went from 500 all the way back down towards $100 in a day, popped all the way back up towards around 250 or so. Imagine just catching that top. AMC, same exact thing. Nice rip, huge drop. It's very difficult to nail again that one play out of 8,000. It's very easy to nail the one play that everyone's already looking at where we know that the majority of people are going to end up buying at the top, which gets dumped on. So why don't I just go ahead, find the top gainer using finviz.com or using just 
a simple screener, waiting until it gets up towards around that top. Maybe again, if you have a little bit more knowledge, you could wait for things such as upper shadows or reduced volume. Or if you're a newer trader, wait for maybe just the next day where you start seeing a confirmed pullback. That's going to scare out traders. And then again, everyone moves on to the next play. The funny thing is about day trading, especially playing stocks that are $20 and below, is we're so trendy, right? We're so trendy. I always think about it as basically like being in high school a lot of times. Let's say again, like the, the cool kid one day shows up with yellow jeans. And let's say everyone goes out and buys yellow jeans. The next week, if you show up with yellow jeans, people look at you and say, what are you doing? That was so last week. You cool kids on to the next thing. Right? Yeah, they're on to the next thing. And that's kind of the same as that concept in stock trading where let's say stock XYZ is going on a massive spike. The moment XYZ gets oversaturated, the moment it seems like everyone's talking about XYZ is the moment it starts dumping. So I always tell a lot of our members that, hey, if you stink at going long, which happens, right? It's very difficult to be able to make money buying breakouts over and over again because you form habits of chasing, mm -hmm. getting in late, waiting for visual confirmation, feeling like you buy at the top. Well, so I've been that there a million times. That's it. People just want that yeah. dopamine effect. It's like, oh, there we go. Yeah. I've been there a million times where it seems like every single time I get into a play, I'm like, man, like it seems like someone's watching me and just reversing the stock every time I buy it. So if it's the number one email I get a lot of times is people saying, deck, you know, I'm, I'm trying to learn, but I keep just buying at the top. I keep buying at the top. I keep buying at the top. And I just say, why don't you just short it instead? Get an email a week back later, two weeks later and say, deck, I'm perfectly nailing the top every single time because it's so much more simple. The answer is literally given to us. And as we know, 80% of the companies are going to fall. And as we know, on top of that, these plays that I get involved in are just based off hype momentum. And once that momentum leaves off, once that trend ends off, it's just going to die right on off. So you can look just on finbiz.com. And while I say a lot of the top gainers have continuation, a lot of the top gainers as well move on up until they form and kind of die on off. And then they come crashing on down. Stock that spikes 100% probably drops 80% within the next two days. Mm. Mm, that, would, that would not be fun. Now, you went over your short-time plays. Um, talk to us a little bit, because you did you know, also bring up some like long-term things that you can do with blue chips. If we were talking about some long-term stocks that you would buy into, Right. I love this question. It's like if somebody was to put a gun to your head and said, you believe in these companies, right? You believe that for the next 10 to 20 years, these companies are good. You are not going to have to sell them at all. I mean, I can give you mine. Who would be your top two? Oh, I've already asked you this before. Yeah. I want to hear Albert. I want to hear you. I mean, I, you there's got? no world in which you do not bet on Tesla and Apple. You just, mm -hmm. that's it. that would be my choice. Well, I, yeah, I'm going, I mean, I'm going Apple's not, Microsoft. Yeah, Apple's not going anywhere. Apple's going to run the world. So, and probably Tesla too, honestly. I'm going to Apple <laughs> yeah. and Microsoft. Yeah, I, I mean, that's the thing. I, they're, they're always safe plays. Right. You know, Google, Apple, yeah. Tesla. The, yeah. The thing is, like, they're not going anywhere and they will move up, you know, throughout time. But the thing is, it's slow, right? It, it, unless you have millions of dollars to invest, you're never going to be able to make a ton of money. As we talked about before, you know, the SPY, its average return is anywhere between 10 to 20%. Mm -hmm. So imagine being somewhere in your 20s, somewhere in your teens, and you want to throw $1,000 on the SPY because it's safe and secure. Imagine putting 1000 bucks and a year later, you come back with a $120 profit. Exactly. 120 bucks over 365 days. That's like, you know, why would I ever do that? Now, maybe if you have a million dollars, right? And then you come back and you have a $100,000 profit, mm -hmm. you know, that's, that's more understandable. But but that's why when I first started getting involved in the stock market, I said to myself, how can I make as much money possible, but also, again, limit my risk? And yeah. day trading and penny stock trading is known as you make massive amounts of return. But of course, the risk 
is as high with it. So yeah. you just have to be able to figure out that strategy and be able to take the time to learn on how can I reduce my risk and be able to be as profitable, profitable as possible. So going into blue chips, of course, you know, your question, it does come down to you need a large sum of money to actually make money because the majority of them are going to be very slow. Um, but yes, as you guys are saying, you know, Tesla, Apple, you know, all the ones that people know are all going to be the great, uh, great place. Now, I will tell you this, it's a little bit hard to understand just over the podcast. But uh, one of the best things you can do is use the 13 EMA. So this is an indicator if you want to go ahead and check it out. It stands for the exponential moving average, 13 exponential moving average. And you can add this over on stockcharts.com. You can put this on, you know, any of your charts, anything along those lines. And basically what the 13 EMA is, because it's going to be a flexible trend line. So a trend line is going to tell us when a stock is considered bullish and when a stock is going to be considered bearish. Anything above the 13 EMA is going to be considered bullish, which means that this stock is most likely going to continue to move its way on up. Once it crosses and goes to the bearish side of 13 EMA, it's no longer worth their time as it's now going to be moving down. So whenever you're looking for a long-term investment, the number one advice I can give you is never go long-term on a stock that is already considered bearish because you have more sellers than buyers. So whenever you are looking for a long-term investment, you are looking for actually the crossover from bearishness to bullishness, basically from the sellers in control to buyers in control. And once you see that crossover, that's usually the lowest point to the uh, moving up towards that kind of find that dip. So you asked the question before, you said, how do we know the perfect dip? How do we know the perfect dip area? And you know, if I'm looking at, let's say the SPY or one of these blue chip, uh, blue chip companies, if you just want to say, oh, I'm not good with percentages, just look for the crossover between the bearish side to the bullish side. Now that shows us that buyers are more in control on that play. There we go. That's what you wanted, bro. People, they might have to run that back five minutes, grab your pen and paper and take some notes. So uh, is this the kind of stuff that, that, that went on with your boot camp? Like talk about what gave you the idea to start the boot camp and then how it went. Yeah, honestly, the boot camp is we did the longest boot camp ever. Like, and I'm not just saying that it, it, we truly have the longest boot camp that has ever been done by any sort of trader out there. It, it took us 34 hours. We did a whole month of lessons. We started August 1st. We finished around August 25th. Uh, every single day we did about three hours worth, give or take. Uh, we have about 34 hours. And what I really just wanted to put together was just I thought about myself when I first started and I said to myself, man, this is confusing. I don't really understand what's going on right here. I want to be able to put together a course that put myself in your shoes and say, I just want direct answers. There are so many times that we try to learn something. Even if I just go on YouTube and I want to figure something out, it seems like I have to listen to 10 minutes of people being around the bush, maybe like an ad for something else before I even get some sort of answer. And all I wanted to do on this bootcamp was basically say, hey, step A to Z, this is what I've learned over my past eight years of trading. There was no ad, no around the bush, no nothing. It was just, these are the answers. This is what you want to do. Step by step, took the time to tell everyone absolutely everything. And now walking out, you know, after your 34 hours, you know, you have the education. Now I can't say you're going to make money right away because in stock trading comes down to two things, education and experience. You could be the greatest, let's say football coach of all time, but until you actually get out there and let's say get in the weight room, do the summer practices, so on and so forth, you only have education. You don't have the experience of actually playing. Stock trading is the same exact way. Stock trading, you're going against the world's best. You're going against Wall Street. You're going against firms. You're going against billionaires. You're going against millionaires, so on and so forth. 
The thing is, you can have the same knowledge as them, but the moment you start jumping on that trade, how many people get shaky? How many people start thinking again with their emotions? How many people start getting nervous? So on and so forth. So unless you have the experience to match your education level, obviously you're not going to get there at that 100% level just yet. But I wanted to give you the complete foundation from beginner to immediate to advanced. And now you can carry over everything to, of course, your trading. And once that experience starts coming, you know, you're going to be absolutely crushing it. 34 hours, you said? 34 hours. Oh, that's like how long it takes to get your, um, for, to learn for your real estate license in PA. Is that how long it takes? Well, the first course, first course is 40 hours. And then there's a 35 hour course after that for the national part. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, it's like college. It's like school. Mm-hmm. You know, do you get a degree within a week? Do you get a degree within just three days? So many people open up, let's say a Robinhood account, deposit money into it and say, why am I not making money in the stock market? Why am I losing? Well, you know, it makes, it makes yeah. zero sense in your train of thought. I don't know where down social media things kind of just got lost where I deposit money into a mobile app. Why am I not rich? Well, I think that's never picked up a football ever. Do you expect to be good? Yeah. You know, it makes yeah. No sense. I think a lot of people do, especially our generation. You know, we talk about the instant oatmeal generation. Mm-hmm. Um, you get the information on social media and it's like, Oh, this must work. You know, just now you were talking about how, just putting a thousand dollars into, you know, the stock market a year is not going to do anything for you. You know, we always make the joke about the savings account, but it's pretty much the same thing. You know, a thousand dollars with a 12% return, it's not going to make you rich. And if you do that year after year after year, yeah, you might make some compound in the interest, but would be better than a savings account though. Definitely better than a savings account. And if you can't do anything yet, do it. But once again, there's also a savings account is much safer. Right. Yeah, so if really if zero, that really is all the money you can put in there, then I'd rather you put that in a savings account and say, okay, let me take care of some emergencies before I say, let me put a thousand in the, um, in sure. the stock market because then you come yeah. back and that's yeah. gone. Then it is what it is. But yeah, the point like, I, was making, I have money yeah. in my savings account right now, but I'm nervous to put it in the SPY after having that's, you know, 17% climb, the biggest run we've had in yeah. since 2017. I don't want to put, let's say, and, that was, and that was the point the that I was trying to get at, you know, is that like you want to make sure that if you're getting into this game, like you're diversifying properly, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. You're not just putting your money into one thing because it is the trendy thing that you're seeing the latest Instagram guru telling you about, you know, it's the same thing you see on, on, in the world of real estate, you know, over the past few years, it's so crazy to see just how people go from this thing to this thing, to this thing, to this thing, because the latest social media influencers now into it. But then you talk to people, it's like, once again, what is your strategy about getting into this? Do you have an exit strategy, right? Same thing with stocks. Like if you're going to go ahead and buy into the dip, when are you going to sell? You know, what point are you saying like, okay, now it's reached close to a peak where I know it can't go much higher than this. So what's my sell point? You know, where am I now? Where, where's my exit? Once again, it's about that exit strategy. I think statistically, this it's funny that you bring up the 17% already. Isn't it like historically odd that directly after a new president has come into office that the market is ripped like this? Like statistically, I think if you look throughout the past- but That's what he says though. Like, but when you look at the past, like you go back through the past like 20, 28 recessions alone, you will see that statistically there is a crazy rebound after the recession, just based off whether it be like new regulations so that you're saying place, the, the new pandemic, politics that have come in. You're saying the pandemic that occurred last March, which mm-hmm. caused the market to free fall. Now we're, even though a prince, the presidential transition occurred, it doesn't matter because the rebound is underway. And this is the crazy thing that I think he was trying to explain before is that people try to make it make sense, but I don't know anybody who really says like, I know exactly why this happens every single time well, nobody the does. country hits a decline, right? And it could just be because there's a large amount of people who always hold a crazy amount of reserves off to the side and say, you know what, we're just going to wait for this to happen again, because what is it like every seven to nine years, you know, you can almost predict that there's going to be some sort of dip like this. 
Yeah. I mean, it is that. And I, that's a huge thing that I'm doing. Like right now, I don't have a long-term investment because I'm mm. honestly just waiting. I'm just, I have my capital ready for whatever happens next. If there's a housing market crash, I want to get involved. If there is the stock market crash, I want to get involved. Yeah. I honestly, I, I understand that you always want to be diversifying. I, it's always great to be investing and having money sitting in a savings account is not a good thing, especially if inflation rates are rising, so on and so forth. You're literally it's, losing it's, money. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's so it's it's way better, and I'll be the first one to admit that. But at the same time, I want to be able to have capital at my disposal, so when these opportunities present themselves, I can actually pull the trigger and get in on them, whatever they may be. Yeah, dude, that's a good point. And you said earlier that millionaires made in the recession. It's so crazy how many people miss out on generational wealth mm-hmm. last March. Yeah, and like it's, Starbucks it's, sell like. Like 120 points. Starbucks, airlines, Tesla. If you would have invested mm-hmm. in Tesla last March, you would have what? It probably would have been tripled your money before the split. Oh, it, 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 yeah, it's ridiculous. Right? It, it is. It hurts before the start split. To see. Yeah, yeah. We, we know some people who are coming up on some Tesla stock. You know who you are. Yeah, Shout for, out to you. Yeah, for sure. Right? But um, I mean, there's not everyone out there. Like you said, it, it is crazy. Like I look at some of these plays, like Tesla and such. And when we did have that panda, it it is crazy that you could have changed your life generational you wealth literally oh, and it's, same thing it, with crypto. insane yeah, yeah it, it's insane and the big thing that you always want to think about is I always have kind of the set same strategy that I use every single day. You know, I look at hot press releases. I see what stocks are moving on up. I see what plays, you know, have the uh, are overbought that I can look to short, look for stocks on lower float that have big volume stocks. that kind of have all the attention to have the hype that are kind of going up higher than what they should. But at the same time, I'm always looking at a bigger picture as well with current events. And the way that you can really make money in the stock market is simply enough, just trying to find solutions to the current problems. So whenever, let's say COVID hits, what is the solution to COVID? Well, you need a vaccine. vaccines. Yeah. So what happens? You can look at stocks like Moderna, mRNA. We have seen other plays that have just absolutely exploded. You know, let's say, you know, whatever hits, inflation hits. What can you maybe be looking at? You could be looking at, you know, gold or silver or metals. Let's say this hits, you know, you can look at this. So whatever we see, let's say happens in current events, let's say it really starts gaining some traction. We can always find the problem. And then immediately as, a, as an investor, you want to find some sort of company that would be the solution. If a virus hits, we look at vaccines. If this hits, we look at that. We look for this. So that's what I'm uh, every single morning. I always watch the news just to see again what they're talking about to see if something really catches fire, because that's usually what you want to always kind of look opposite of. As I say, stock trading is a game of opposites. If everyone is buying, it's time to short. If everyone is shorting, it's time to buy it. If again, everyone is scared of, let's say, COVID, you got to find the vaccine. Stock trading honestly is a game of opposites. The reason why people lose is they're again jumping on the train too late. Mm. So real quick, would you recommend somebody maybe set up like an option account separate from their, if they do have a long-term investment account? Well, yeah. I mean, I think it's great to, as you say, to diversify, but I, I, if you are willing to put in the time, if you are willing to put in the time. And that's that's why I asked, because I know once again, just like we say, if 10 people are listening to it, two people are going to take your advice, execute perfectly or maybe Mm -hmm. perfectly. Eight out of them aren't even going to pick up the phone and research another article. Oh, I understand it. And I see it way too often. You know, I've been teaching now and live streaming for the past eight years. My number one advice, which is probably the hardest for new traders to overcome is when you first stock trade, you're not even going to be stock trading for at least your first six months. 
I always say I want every single trader to paper trade first, which is going off of the real market and seeing how you'd actually do. So it would be the same exact thing if you want to be a fighter pilot in the Navy. Do you just go and fly these F-16, these you know Raptor F-22s? You're in the, the simulator. And you know why? Because you want to be able to make sure you know how to fly it, land it, do all these maneuvers. Then you go to like a little farm plane. Then you keep moving up the ranks. So many people just go, why can't I just fly the F-22? Why can't I just fly this F-16 right away? You know nothing about it. And so many people end up losing before they even start. Hey, we're all going to make mistakes. And I can truly say out of thousands of people that I've worked with, I have never met one person who all of a sudden started stock trading and just became a millionaire, just became rich. I've never met one. Either the people, they lose their beginner accounts because they all make rookie mistakes or they paper trade, make rookie mistakes. And then they figure out the right way to trade. I paper trade for 11 months because honestly, I stunk. Back in college, I lost hundreds of thousands of fake dollars because I didn't have this you know, real money to lose in real life. I will say one of the best blessings was being a broke college kid. And that's just because I didn't have enough money to put in on a real live account. And if I did have the money, I probably would have done it. Yeah. So it was great that I was passionate about stock trading. It was great that I wanted to learn about stock trading. And the thing was, I wanted to become a, such a great stock trader that I paper traded, saved up, paper trade, saved up, paper trade, saved up. And paper trading showed me that I wasn't very good at this. If I, again, want to be great at it, why would I use real money just to lose at all? If I can't grow a paper trading account, why do I think I can grow a real money account? So I suggest everyone does that first. Is there a place you can access a free paper trading account? Mm-hmm. Every every broker that you use should have a paper trading platform. Oh, like really? It, so we yeah, so. Yeah, if trade. you use you know E Trade, TD Ameritrade, Weevil, whoever, it's probably under the tab I, that most people don't look under the one that says research resources. <laughs> probably research res- tools. Mm-hmm. Yeah, tools. You know, education. you know those things that people just they just go straight to trade. <laughs> yeah, right. I mean, I get it. I understand it. I, I can completely you know um, it's exciting. understand that mindset of why everyone just wants to go trade right away. You want to make money. No one wants to put in the work, right? It's like going to the gym. You just want to be jacked right away. Don't I'm, put I'm so work. happy you like you were transparent about that because you talked about if you had had the money, you would have put in the money. We saw that. We saw that with GameStop. We saw that with AMC. And then how many other people are now trying to hound down um, Robinhood customer service, realizing you're not getting through to a person. And it's like, no, 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 no. I have my entire life savings wrapped up in this. Like I need to get my money back. And it's like too late. It's like, what what did you think you were getting into? Yeah. Yeah, that's, that's, that's the crazy thing, man. It's just, it's wild. wild You just got to put in the work. So before crazy we, out here, it is crazy out here and, and it's crazy. And we're trying to grow just like you have grown your business and you're mm-hmm. continuing to grow, which we applaud <clears throat> before we pivot to content wreck of the week. We want to wreck for content. So you have been making reels, making these cool videos online. And, and we do want to emphasize you're a talented trader. You are a mm-hmm. very talented trader, which is why your content now is taking you to the next level. The campaign and I are trying to do the same thing, right? We're trying to pivot, make reels, make videos. What have you seen like the most success from for other influencers listening out there or other individuals who are trying to capture that piece of a business? What would you recommend that you found success from? The most successful place that you are going to get views, hands down, is going to be TikTok. Hands down, That's you're the gonna truth. get the most engagement. 
You're going to get the most views. You're going to have the best chance of going viral. I opened up a TikTok account. I posted my second video at 330,000 views within three days. Yeah. No, no way. Bro, my, my, my second video, I had 12 followers. I woke up the next day with almost 15,000. When you, when you think about what TikTok is doing, um, no, what are and, doing? and before we, oh, I already made a TikTok <laughs> yeah, You guys account. on TikTok? I already, TikTok. I already, I'm going to test out my own TikTok first. So I'm, I'm trying to test the waters. Remember I went viral time. with the hookah videos? This is what I'm saying, right? So this is what I'm saying. So Deck, you're hundred percent right. And I've, TikTok's reach, their organic reach is untouched by anybody else, right? In mm-hmm. the, the way their system, the way their algorithm is actually pushing out content to people who are using the platform on a daily basis, it, it's insane. Because when you look at, once again, just you can look at the stats and see just how much people are utilizing on a daily basis. They blow everybody else out of the water, right? People are sitting in there and spending close to two hours, I think, a day on TikTok for people who are actually using it. So you're saying you're going to sit there and scroll through minute long videos, minute and a half long videos, and you're just wasting an hour, hour and a half, two hours. Nobody's doing that on Instagram. But you see Instagram now trying to introduce things like Reels, you know, yeah. like IG Live is being pushed. I just, um, it's just like, yeah. yeah, it's just like so much different how you, uh, you just get promoted on yeah. TikTok. Like I could, I could put something on Facebook and obviously only my friends see that. Mm-hmm. I put something on Instagram and only my followers see that unless you end up on the explore page. Uh, I could put up on YouTube and I've been putting up a lot of videos on YouTube and it's hard to get views on YouTube. It's hard to be in such a saturated market. And I put something on TikTok immediately, you know, I'm getting Mm -hmm. 10, 15, 20,000 views out of, you know, out of nothing. And it's just, it's wild. And how did you, so what do you think did that? Do you think it was the title of the video? Did you use certain hashtags? I know nothing about TikTok. So I'm the perfect person to speak to about this because I don't know. So was it like hashtagging specific titles that you think, or because you Uh, you master good titles too, right? Like I know you on YouTube, you utilize like the made 50 K and let's not forget about his, his, um, Insane personality. Oh yeah, he's a little crazy here. A little crazy. It would be broken up into (laughs) it would be broken up into three different stages if you want to think about it. Seventy five percent of it is going to be the actual video, right? That's you can't get around. If it's a bad video, it's a bad video. You're not going to be able to get any sort of views or content in that way. Probably seventy five percent of going viral is going to be the actual content. I would probably say twenty percent is going to be the tags that you put on it, and the last little bit you know, is going to be the thumbnail and title. You know, how many times have you, let's say, clicked something just because you saw a thumbnail or you click something and it just says, wait until the end. And the more times, you know, you're or longer you're staying on it, the algorithm is saying, oh, hey, you know what? They're watching this longer, mm-hmm. so on and so forth. Even again, a lot of times, uh, people d- do this where they post something that's very controversial. And even when people are, let's say, posting in the comments something very bad, it's still giving that person engagement, engagement. to just kind of make it blow up even more. It's how a lot of times you see all these people that were just like, why is that person famous? It's just because people are bashing them in their comments, which is just getting them more views. That's that's it, man. Any attention is good attention. We got to say something like that. In one of our videos, we definitely do not. We, you don't want to be. Oh, no, that's get a different guest. Listen, yeah. Probably, yeah, he probably understands that the negative side of TikTok is not fun. It's not fun, man. You can fall into a crazy subsection real quick. We got to come out K pop. And it's like, make, oh, listen, make we get BTS. It, I will never. I'm a huge <laughs> BTS fan. No, you what you talking about? I know you are. You, I mean, you got any listeners out there? In group? Wow. Listen, we're going to clip this and send it out to him. If y'all listen, let me know. Send me some BTS songs. I appreciate y'all.
<laughs> well, it's just when, the more views you get, you're going to get 75% love, 25% hate. No one's going to, no one may not even know who you are. Someone's just going to write a nasty comment for no Bro, reason. Bro, you know, that reminds me. Today, I comments on Barstool Phillies post. Uh, these kids going to Made in America. And some kid, some guy commented back to me, some like bot account. He was like, calm down over there in Matumbo. And I was like, all right, Kawhi. Because that was his name, like Kawhi Len Red. And I'm like, these bots just out here attacking people left and right. You are the guy that engages, though. You would I'll, engage back. It's social media. You're supposed to be social. Engage. Deckmar gets it. <laughs> if you go on there, we do it. We always sit in there commenting, showing love. Of course. See, you. here we go again with the loves. Look at you not being loved. I'm going to make a controversial video. Please don't, okay? Because that is not how you're going to need. We talked about Brandon, and this is not how we're going to introduce you to the world, okay? You are not going to start That's what you do. You're going to have, you're going to go on TikTok. Yes. You're going to have a Dikembe polite video. Yes. You're going to have an Albert controversial video. Ooh, controversial. See which one gets more views. It's wow. going to be mine. Good cop, bad cop. Good cop, bad cop. We can, we can do that scene. You're, you remember the movie The Other Guys? Yeah, bad cop, bad cop. Yeah, 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 yeah. We're going to do that, right? <laughs> so it's like, okay, I'm going to go in, and then people going to think I'm the good cop, and then I just freak out. Yeah. So basically what you're saying, you're going to have Albert start off the controversial video, yep, yep, and yep. then you just make it 10 times worse. Yeah. <laughs> I'm all in. Yeah. I'm all in. They're going to be like, oh, damn. Oh, damn. I need a MAGA hat. <laughs> yeah, that's right. You do. Whoa. If you, what, you know what? That's another road we're not going to go down. We do this because we're content creators. That's not the road we're going to go we're down. We're content creators, Dex. So thank you for giving us your strategy. Yes. Because Thank listen, you. We, we here. We're talking about content creation. Perfect time. What's your content rack of the week, man? What do you mean by that contact rack of the week? Yeah, give us give something for the, the listeners, a video that you've seen recently. Podcast, yeah, we didn't do this last time but, it was on. Did we not? Do we didn't. This was this is new. Mm-hmm. Oh, this is new to you. Yeah, just yeah. Yeah. So we do a content record of the week every week. Someone recommends something that they feel is either enjoyable, self-bettering, whatever, a book, podcast, YouTube video, channel, something you've seen or listened to recently that you think everyone else should as well. Honestly, I mean, I, I'm I'm being so kind of generic in what I listen to, but I, I just have to give like a shout out. Obviously every single person kind of knows this person, but when I really want to get gassed up and get as fired up as I can, just kind of find that get super inspired to keep on going. I just throw on my man, David Goggins. He Ooh. just gets me going. Then you know, it has to be reiterated. David That's Goggins it. deserves a reiteration. And some people may not know who that is. Yeah. Some people really may not know. He, I, I'm the type of person that I, I, when I, if I'm being lazy, I like someone to tell me, you know, you're, you're, uh, you're not doing it. You're right. a bitch. Get off your yeah. ass. Yeah. Let's go. Yeah. yeah. That's I, I don't, I don't like anything sure coded in any sort of way. If, if you're doing great, Hey, say you're doing great. If you stink at something and someone's saying, you know, you're being lazy, you're being lazy. It's just, you know, I, I want someone to just be straightforward in every single way. And that's why, again, you know, Goggins, he just doesn't hold back in any sort of manner. That's it. That's it. How about accountability. You? accountability is key. You already know my content, right? I don't. Friday night. Oh man, I was gonna do that. That's because I we have to have a joint content, right? <laughs> the people, the people need to go and see this movie. Nah, they're gonna think that we hang out too much. We so do much too much. Uh, what's the official name? Shang Chi, Legend of the Ten Legend Rings. Of the Ten Rings. That's for our, Ten for Rings. all of our Marvel fans out there. Listen, or any well, fan of any movie, that's dude. top. That's <laughs> in my top three favorite Marvel movies ever. 
right under Black Panther. Not anything incredible, but new. I actually just sat down, watched Mm. with Abby on Friday night. Here we go. Go to Hulu, watch Alone. You ever see that one? No. Just came out. I saw the little clip of it. Is it good? What's it about? It's pretty good. Pretty good. The thing is, every single I'm a big like movie goer. Whenever yeah, I don't know, maybe a Friday or Saturday night, I'm staying in, and uh, me and the girl are watching a uh, movie. We only watch things on Netflix, which I think is a, a great category that they have not developed yet. I think I'm going to write something. Is they should have a section where it is 80% or higher on Rotten Tomatoes. Ooh. I am tired of seeing hmm. top, you know, critically acclaimed or I'm t- a t- a trending now. I just want to go to a section where it is 80% or higher on Rotten Tomatoes. And that's all I want to be able to look through because I don't watch any video that or any movie that is less than an 80% alone on Hulu. Got about a 94%. Anything in the 90s, I'm sitting down and watching, especially if it's thriller, action, something along those lines. Damn, I'm again checking it out. You never seen, out you never seen any of the Fast and Furious movies? Yeah, man. Fast one through nine are top, top. All, all under cinema. 60%. All under 60%. All under 60? Well, I'll tell you this. What I enjoy about the Fast Nine and uh, Fast Eight was uh, the realism. You know, behind yes, it, you know, yes. cars going to was space. Fast Nine, the most recent, real, was the most recent one, right? Yes, yes. Nine. Nothing, nothing. No. Oh my gosh, what did you think about the space scene? It's long enough. People got to go see it. What did you think? About no, no, no. I enjoy. It. I mean, I nothing really gets me. You know, kind of gassed up more than seeing a 2001. You know, uh, Hyundai Elantra Yo, flying up to space. That looked like <laughs> that looked like a car I used to drive in uh, high school. It literally looked yeah. like I can't breathe on the space. Uh, you never know, man. Tyree, Tyree and Luda. Wow, I can't believe you stole my uh, content right I didn't steal. We went to go the see it together. Is, if someone told me back in 2001 that street racers, just normal street racers, were going to end up flying cars in space and grabbing people and chucking them across like cities, I would have never believed it. You know, Vin Diesel is not, he's a superhero in that movie. Uh, he's literally when a he, superhero. When he took his car and swung it across the cliff <laughs> in like the first, thir- I knew it was the best movie ever. Do you want to know his uh, I knew every Sunday? Family. And with, when you, this is what we're going to end this episode with, ladies and gentlemen. You have family. You can do mm-hmm. anything. That's what we learned from Cheng Chi. You can do anything. Anything is possible with family. Isn't that right there? That is right. So Just make sure, to- again, if you are ever going to be uh, street racing, make sure, again, you're not going to Hector, who has two <laughs> two-gun engines with spoon engines, okay? No, no, that's right. Right. Unless you have family. Oh man, it's serious. Listen, if people don't get that, then you just not part of the community. Any uh any last messages for the public deck? Um, you know, keep listening to the first uh first sip right here. On top of that, oh, if man. you guys want to reach out to me, hit me up on Sean Deckmar, all Instagram accounts or uh, uh over on tradecaster.com. We offer everyone a free seven-day pass. I live stream every single day. We have a 250-hour video library Monday through Friday. I'm live streaming all my trades, commentating, walking you through every single play, making sure that you're making as just as much money as I'm making. And uh that's what it's all about, being a one big family over on Tradecaster. That's right. I love that one big family here first sip here deckmar trades we thank you so much and as always enjoy the first sip